hello there, fam. And welcome back to another edition of Crenshaw Corner. I am Sanchez Crenshaw, and we thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing. We thank you so much for being a part of who we are. So we're doing something just a little bit different this particular episode. If you've noticed by now, you have not heard the voice of my wonderful wife. She is actually sitting this particular episode out. This is what we're going to call a bonus episode, if you will. So for our first time listeners, um, this is not normal, but we thank you for being a part of what we're doing. However you found us, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Podbean, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on iHeartRadio or Google Play Music, or whether it's through our personal website, which is www.thecrenshawcorner.com. We thank you for being a part of us. For our returning family members, we thank you for continuing this journey with us. We thank you for just being a part of everything we're doing. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your love. Um, as always, we consider ourselves an interactive podcast. Simply what that means is that you can find us on the socials. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, all under Crenshaw Corner. And then also you can find us at our website at www.thecrenshawcorner.com. Once again, www.thecrenshawcorner.com. So as I said, this is not going to be a regular episode of Crenshaw Corner. Actually, what I have with me is a very special guest. So I'm going to kind of give you a little background on this gentleman. So not only is he a very talented rapper slash singer slash R&B icon, he's a talented music maker, talented producer. Um, also, and before the episode ends, we'll tell you how you can find his music. And then not only is he a brand new father, he just celebrated his first Father's Day, but he's also my son. So what we want to do is actually I wanted to have a conversation with him. Um, anybody who's listening to Crenshaw Corner know we're all about perspective. So what I wanted to do in this episode was get a perspective of a new father, a perspective of a new father who in 2020 is raising a son. So say something. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Tell him your name. Uh, hefty introduction. Thank you. No problem at uh, all. My name is Dalen Brown. As he said, I'm his son, the youngest boy. Yep, my youngest, my youngest male child. Uh, the first, the first father of our family uh, out of the kids. So that's cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So what we're going to do is, like I said, we're all about perspective. So um, Day and I have had conversation, but we haven't really had in-depth conversation about his whole fatherhood journey. And of course, you know, my perspective of being a father is so much different from his perspective of being a father. Um, also, because we're both raising kids or well, he's now raising his son in a totally different era than when I was raising my kids. Time for sure. It's such a different time for sure. So my first question, Dave, is that let's let's kind of take it back a little bit. Yeah. So when you first found out, and okay, what we do here is we're honest. So whatever honest emotion you have, it's okay to say. So when you first found out that you were going to be a father, um, when you first had that conversation, what's like the first thing that went through your head at that point in time? Uh, really, I was like, um. I was like at my friend's house, like recording actually. I was like recording music at my friend's house, like not even thinking about that really. But uh, she called and said, 
that that was the case. First, she said she had a dream that um, that we had a baby. Right. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then so she went to uh, take a pregnancy test. There we go. <laughs> like multiple of them. And it was confirmed. I was like pretty excited, honestly. Um, just thought it'd be cool, really. I don't know. Like, yeah. I was excited. And <laughs> oh, then, you just thought it'd be cool? Yeah, I was like, oh, this would be like amazing. Like, raising like a little. I wanted a daughter at the time. So, like, in my head, I was like a little woman, you know? Like, I was like, dang, this is like going to be really cool. Like, because a lot of. I grew up with brothers, but I grew up around like mostly women in our family. You right. Know? Like, my grandma, my aunts. Like, it really wasn't that many. Like yeah. dudes around. Yeah, this this family is dominated by women. So, <clears throat> yeah, that was kind of. I was excited, and then like, I would say like probably like forty five minutes to an hour later, I was like, oh, like, oh, <laughs> I'm having a kid. Like this is my whole life is about to like one eighty. So it took about forty five minutes for it to really sink in that oh yeah. snap, I'm about to be a father. Yeah, at first it was just excitement because to be frank, she and I like. We wanted that to happen. Like, that's like what we wanted. You know, just like to be together and like have a family and like be family and like raise a very strong human. And so, yeah, like I think we accomplished that. And then it was like, oh, okay. I gotta get some money. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I know you said that initially the first thought process is that you actually wanted a daughter. Yeah. So, during the, the whole pregnancy, when you found out, no, it's not going to be a little girl, it's actually going to be a little boy, how did, what shifted? How did, how did you feel at that point? Uh, I wouldn't say much of a shift, because I, though I wanted a daughter, there was, like, no preference between, like, what could happen, you know? Like right. I was never like, dang, I'll be sad if I have a son or something. I just basically saw it like, okay, if I have a daughter, she's going to run track. If I have a boy, we're going to play basketball. Like, so in my <laughs> mind, I was gearing up for a whole other sport. Right. No, like really the the shift was just like the certainty of like knowing exactly what we were having, not necessarily the switch from feeling like I was having this to that. It was more like, okay, now we like know concrete for sure. Like we're having a little boy and then i was thinking about all the ways in which i would raise myself again if that makes sense like it's like how do i unmake the mistakes i made not for him but like because i already know the things that i was doing as a kid if that right. makes sense like it now does. i'm like okay like i won't say i'm prepared for what he could go through cuz obviously times change but um sure i'll just go with like a bit more ready, a little more prepared than I may have been. Because now I'm like, okay, it's a little dude. And this is like me. It'll, this is not that he's me or like anything that I've been through. But like, I get to like raise part of myself in him, which is like really cool. Like the things that he likes. Like how you guys raise me, really. Like my interest, all the things I wanted to do. Right. Like I began to think about that, really. Like, okay, word. This is like a little dude. What was the first thing you wanted to teach him? Basketball. There's <laughs> um, uh, like a few things I feel. Um, yoga and breathing. 
I think that's like a big part um, of life. Like, explain, expound oh. upon that for me. Um, I just think breathing is like underrated. It's like because we just do it so naturally. We think sometimes you don't even know you're taking shallow breaths and you're not even like taking the full advantage of like what your lungs can do so i feel like being able to meditate and like have like quiet time to just breathe if that makes sense right. like really good for him um because i feel he's gonna be like a really easily excitable kid like i'm not pretty flamboyant with personality <laughs> or anything but, no uh, very very low key very uh, low key uh, but i think he's gonna be like the opposite of me which is That'll be good for him to like be able to learn how to breathe and like control his breathing and learn mindfulness and to really like have his own thoughts really. Right. You know, to experience his own thoughts. Um, outside of everything else, like having that kind of quiet time to yourself to like think. And then I really do want to teach him basketball. But yeah, all right. So like breathing, yoga, basketball. I really want him to get into like some sort of martial arts. Probably like boxing and jujitsu; those are the things that right. I would like him to like learn. Well, don't don't worry don't worry about the martial art aspect. I'm already taking care of that. I already I already decided a long time ago that yeah. I'm putting him in martial arts. I want him to like do jujitsu. It's like a different kind of philosophy, and it like right. is really based in like learning from the teachers, not necessarily like trying to do stuff. I feel like karate and all that. Like it's just too fun for kids to like. You know, the discipline is still there, of course, because they want you to respect what you're doing. But I think um, a different culture is, like, like, the way they do it from Brazil is, like, really cool because it's really about teaching. Like, it came from a father showing his kids how to, like, protect itself. Like, that's where that, like, like, originated from. Um, Yeah, and then piano just so he could like play an instrument like that's like my main thing in life is like music so i definitely want to have him pick up some kind of musical talent i know in whatever grade what is it like third grade they just make you play the recorder or something (laughs) yeah i think they still do that it's been a while since i've been (laughs) in school but i think they still do that yeah like yeah that's like worthless personally like i just like i don't even i remember going to school having a recorder playing it and i cannot tell you how to what note is what today so i want him to really like get with the piano and like right. learn music because you could like you could play anything on the piano every song imaginable is the same notes it's the same 12 notes so now one thing you said which doesn't surprise me is that you want to teach him meditation and breathe and the importance of taking time to breathe actually, i actually want to step back for a second talk about you for a moment sure you now, of course, over the years, you've grown, you've learned, you've made some mistakes, you've bounced back from them. We all have. But the core essence of who you are really hasn't changed since you've been a little boy. And you've always been a uh, at-peace kid or a that kind of laid-back spirit. Because I remember the time we always tell this joke where, you know, we were traveling down the highway and we just saw you randomly sitting in a field just mm-hmm. <laughs> just meditating, you know. Like, in just some random field. And it didn't surprise us. Like, that's just who he is. Yeah. You've kind of always been that person. Where did that come from with you? That kind of just laid back, that take time. Where did that come from with you? Realistically, like, if I had to, like, pinpoint a place, 
It would just be like the home life. Like I was like the young one. My brothers are loud. Like everyone's like older than me and like much more talkative. <clears throat> so I never really got a chance to like say much. So I would just honestly just keep to myself. That was like the coolest way that I could like do stuff. And then I would like I learned a lot more listening than I would have if I was like talking anyways. Right. So sitting with myself seemed like the easier thing to do. Like yeah. And then that turned into like walks, which is like really cool because like I found like Indian people take a lot of walks and they walk till they're old, like super old. Like right. they'd just be walking like till the sun comes down. And I, I like that. So I would just start walking and that'd be like a part of meditation for me. And then I read like a book by Bruce Lee um, called Striking Thoughts and he talked about meditation and the best time to meditate was like early in the morning and I always felt that way because that's like when I feel like the most creative like really really early in the morning like right before there's even light outside like 4am 5am when the foxes are out uh, that was just like the most peaceful time really that I could like gather Everyone else is sleeping, and I get to, like, have the quiet of the world brush over me. So that was, like, always nice. But it, I think it just stemmed from mostly just <clears throat> being the youngest in the family, and then, like, I wouldn't say, like, not being able to say whatever I want, but just kind of, like, picking my places, my spots, right. really, like, yeah. Just the young one. That's interesting. Like that actually that conversation we've never had. So I'm just I was kinda interested yeah. in that because like I said, the core essence of who you are since a little boy really hasn't changed. You've always been you're the type of person you really can't look at your face and know what you're thinking. You know, you're always very even killed. Yeah. You know, you're not really excitable. You don't really go too far one way or the other. So I was just kinda curious That's, about that. It really is like the family thing. Because even my cousins, like I think about like my aunt Mel and my cousin Jamel and my other cousins Bianca and all of them. I'm like, yeah, everyone talks way more than me. Like, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like picking my spots. Like I'll just throw a little joke in there or like, yeah, okay, one of those in there. Uh, but it mostly was just because everyone else liked to talk. Right. I didn't. I didn't feel the need to. I would rather much listen, chill out. And observe. Now, did that did that help you? Because we're gonna kind of get into a, a little topic real quick. So I know. So you went through the the eight months of pregnancy, the nine months of pregnancy, yeah. um, and then of course when your son was born, there were some health complications that came up when he first mm -hmm. came into the world. So my question is, how did you deal with that? Because not only are you a new father. You're a young father, you know, so now you got this life that you're responsible for that came into this world kind of hard. Yeah. So did that did that kind of meditation, yoga, breathing, did it help? Did it hurt? What kind of talk me through your, your, your thinking process or talk me through where you were during that first two, two, three weeks. In a daze, personally, like. I don't know if anything helped me. I was like a zombie. And to me, personally, 
Like, if I had to say it, it was like I was a zombie. Like, mostly because she was in labor for like 30 hours, and her labor started at the when she started, the water broke was one thirty three a.m., something odd like that. Right. Like, sleep, just wake up. She's like, it's game time. I lace up my shoes and hit the court. <laughs> and um, really, though, but, like, it was just really an odd time. So, like, from that point on, I was just, like, no sleep. So then we go to the hospital, and <clears throat> they're like, yeah, you're – you're not dilated, so you can go back home for a bit. And I was like, oh, man. And the hospital was like 45 minutes to an hour away. Right. So I just drove an hour to sit there for an hour for them to be like, well, go home and get some rest. Like, it'll come back and happen. And um, oh, let me interject for a second because the initial plan was to be a water birth. Yeah, is to be water a natural birth. water birth because initially – it wasn't a hospital you guys were going to. It was a no, birthing center. It was a birthing center, um, which is kind of definitely more our style, like to want to be in the water, like really natural, no epidurals, like nothing. Like I was going to be in the water too. Like it was going to be a whole beautiful family magical moment. Right. But yeah, plans don't plans don't go as shit <laughs> all the time right yeah so you just kind of roll the punches in so we come back home i'm like uh trying to i'm literally like watching over her like a hawk like she's probably gonna go to sleep she's like having the craziest contractions she's ever felt and so she's like trying to sleep she's like drifting in and out like i cannot understand even a word she's saying right i, I don't know what she wants like um See so yeah, it for the next like twelve hours, almost maybe like ten hours. We just kind of sat at home, her being miserable, me being like way too alert. Like, now what's going on through your mind during this time? I truthfully, I was like, I hope she doesn't die or anything. Like to be frank, I was like, I just don't want anything to happen to her, the baby. Like, because I have never been through a birth or anything, right. you know, and. Her water is definitely broken. Like, it was confirmed broken. Like, contractions confirmed. Like, we're actually, like, in labor. Like, it's happening. It's just not happening. So, she's like, the doctor, uh, the nurses, the midwives, that's what we'll, the midwives, they were like, when you get to that super unbearable pain, come back. <laughs> I'm like, I wish we could have just stayed there because, um, super unbearable and then like an hour later it seems like really it doesn't go together like we've got to drive an hour to get there right. like and plus when on top of everything else this is happening during the height of covid <clears throat> yeah so like no family can be around it's literally just me and her and the baby to come and like i said so like 10 to 12 hours later we're back at the place at the same time that we just were like a half a day ago essentially like right so we're back there like this time it's more like 3 a.m we get there no it's like 2 a.m because it'll make more sense all right so 2 a.m we get there 
<clears throat> she's dilated, but nothing's happening. She's just in terrible, terrible pain. Like, um, so I'm like pretty much freaking out internally, trying to like get her to drink Gatorade and water or something, lay down a warm towel. Like, I don't know. I'm just like making it up. Like, just trying to do something, right? Yeah, make her feel better. Like, should we walk around? She's like, I can walk. And then she can't walk, but for like a step or two. So it was like a really interesting moment. And then um, the midwife that was on call, she was there. It was amazing. Like, shout out to them. Honestly, they did a fantastic job. And um, yeah, so we go to the hospital. We rush up to the hospital. I, throw the lady in the car I didn't literally throw her <laughs> I throw her in the car <laughs> and um yeah we speed off to the hospital I'm following the midwife because I have no idea where I am at 3 a.m and even if I cut on the GPS I just feel like I was like delusional at this point right um so we get to the hospital the midwife takes the lady upstairs and I've got to like sign the papers downstairs like for her to for all this to happen and it's like a this the oldest lady they could possibly have is at the counter like the oldest <laughs> lady they found like in the city of wherever we were <laughs> right they found her and she was working that night at the desk <laughs> and um it took a lifetime to get these papers done like she had to print things out somebody called her in the midst of this like the whole process was like slow motion it was like if it really was a movie it was like a timer going off in my head like oh my gosh like i'm gonna miss the birth of my child because this old lady is just old like there's nothing wrong with her she's just old and she cannot move as fast as she probably did 40 years ago and as you needed her to at that moment yeah Yeah. i mean i'm honestly in a panic so like i needed her to be in a panic like (laughs) but she wasn't and then she was old on top of that so i was like i let her begin to print out the papers and i just like ran to the car and like got a sip of gatorade i needed a timeout break um Way sports references can't help it. It's okay. Needed a timeout. <laughs> just had to go sip some Gatorade and like grab my camera and like remember that that I'm still here. Right. So yeah, we still try to be in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen yeah. minutes later, I finally get escorted up to the <laughs> to the room by uh, a really nice security officer guy who um recently just had his first child as well. So we were like having that moment in the elevator. I was like, okay, that kind of, like, calmed me down. And we're, like, walking and talking. He's like, you're going to love being a dad, man. It's incredible. Like, completely changes your life. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, I've been in labor for, like, a half a day and some change. So I was, like, really kind of into it. Like, wow, this is a great moment to, like, hear from a person. But I just really wasn't having it at right. that moment. Like, it's too much going on. Yeah, I was like, yeah, just get me to the room. I didn't say that to him, but, like, in my heart, I wanted to just be like, just get me to the room, man. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. <clears throat> but, like, I just want to, like, be with my lady at this point. Get to the room. They're, like, turning my lady over like a rotisserie chicken, trying to get this baby to come out. Like, turn over upside down. Like, the whole, the baby was not coming out. And with every contraction she was having, his heart was, like, it just, he was getting upset. You could see, like, his heartbeat, like, 
dropping or like raising way right. too much up. Like it was like one or the other. So now, as you're seeing all this, like you said, them turning her like a rotisserie chicken, seeing your baby's heart rate fluctuate that much. What was going on through your mind at that time? <laughs> you know, on the way to the hospital, she and I had this moment because it was like never what we wanted to like have a C-section. And we just looked at each other and we were like, look, if we have to do this, we're doing this, right? Like she initiated that conversation, which right. is like the conversation I wanted to have anyways because I was in fear that if it didn't go as planned and then didn't go as planned again, that we would have to to do that and I didn't want her to go in there and be reluctant to do it and then I'm just a real believer in energy so I didn't want any bad energy around it I want us to come to like an agreement that whatever needed to be done to have them both here would be what we should do so that was like our moment in there so like the whole time we're in the hospital and things aren't working out um, <clears throat> I'm literally just waiting for them to, like, call the surgeon personally because I already know, like, like, the baby's in distress. She's in, like, super pain. We could, like, alleviate this. It's obviously not my choice. Right. But then they brought it to her, and she was like, cut me open, doc. And um, because she's a gangster. <laughs> um, I could actually really hear her saying that, too. Like... <laughs> She's just like, let's just do it. <clears throat> and they were, like, telling me the whole thing. Like, you know, like, okay, we're going to sedate her a little bit so you can come in and watch it happen. But if it's not working and we have to, like, super sedate her with, like, plutonium or something. I don't know. Whatever it is that, like, literally shuts people down for, like, hours. I think that's, like, so scary, by the way. So, anyways. So they do that and... By the time I walk in the room, the baby's already being lifted out of her. Right. So I'm like, I'm like literally seeing the moment of it being like lifted out of her, put onto the table. Um, and that was like super cool. I was like, wow, like what an incredible moment. I sort of missed it, but I didn't miss it. Like, if it was up to me, I would have been the one with the scaffold, like cutting her open. Like that's how I wanted to be. Like, I know that's, like, very unrealistic. I need years and years of training. No disrespect to doctors. You just wanted to be totally involved with yeah, your Yeah, that's son. just how I am. Yeah. Like, Plus your little controller. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is how I am. My personality <laughs> is just like, look. Like, I got myself into this mess, you know? Like, right. that's how I see it. Like, I I did it, doc. It's cool. Like, you don't have to... T- I'll take it from here, man. Like, um... So, Yeah. <laughs> I see the baby be lifted onto the table. There's like four doctors around him. They're trying to get him to make his first sounds. I take the camera. I get some pictures. I'm like, I get a video of him making his first sounds, which sounds incredible to me. Right. But like later on, I figure out that it it should have sounded different, obviously. <clears throat> but just hearing my baby make a noise for the first time is like the most glorious thing I've ever heard. Just make any noise yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, all for all, he was just kicking me, you know, last week. Like, my hands, you know, that's all I knew of it. I don't even get to share the experiences that she has, you know. That's, like, a whole other conversation. Like, the things that she she grew him, you know. Like, yeah. I didn't feel any of that. I literally, this is my moment. So, like, I'm, like, looking at her, and she's, like, as high as can be. And um, I, like, go over there and sit next to her, and she, like, busts out laughing, like, to herself because she's, like, 
very high off of whatever drugs. <laughs> whatever drugs they got her. And she's just like, she's like, oh my god, he looks just like me. And I was like, dang, this is true. <laughs> like, why do people say the craziest things when they're on these kind of drugs? But the baby did look just like her. I was like, dang. I was like a little jealous. Then I wasn't jealous because she was going to still be on that table. And I went into the nursery with the baby. So, like, I closed the door behind me and waved at her. (laughs) Um, That was my moment to shine. No, I'm I'm kidding. But, no, I go into the nursery and he takes his first poop, which was, like, pitch black. Never seen anything like that. It was, like, squid ink. Absolutely terrible to see. Um not terrible to see it just looks disgusting but it was really cool like wow you just took your first poop after being like inside of someone like wow this is amazing like he really let one go you guys um but so this is the part that like kind of got to me so i go back in and check on her and i'm like holding her hand while they're like patching her up and she's like oh my god i'm so happy and i like laughing gas her some more because like just be quiet (laughs) and (laughs) as you can see guys we share a very similar sense of humor (laughs) (laughs) like just just stop and no but i really did laughing gas her though because the doctor she was like starting to feel it like she was like she was like actually trying to pull the curtain down for the doctors like she wanted to see them patch her back up like i don't think she knows she was doing that but she was like pulling the curtain down, so like I just hit her with a little laugh and get relax. And <laughs> calm uh, down a little bit, just calm yeah. down. Yeah. And they're like, it's totally okay. You can give her as much as you want. And I was like, oh, don't tell me that. We'll take this home. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> so I went to go back in the nursery to check on the baby, and the door was locked. And that's when I was like. Oh, I was like, I was just in here. Like this, is, yeah. this is a little weird. Like I was literally just in here. This is the only baby in this hospital at the time. Like it's literally three thirty a.m. Like that's the time of his birth. It's three thirty a.m. I'm just like, there's no other humans in here. Like why would it be like? Why wouldn't I be able to come in? Right. <clears throat> and they were just trying to figure out uh, why he wasn't like getting enough oxygen. He wasn't breathing. So one of the nurses coming back to me, she's like, we're just trying to figure out and get his levels correct to make sure he's all good to go. And I'm like, cool, like, get those levels, lady. Like, do it. Um, yeah. And I try to go back in again, and it's, like, still locked. And they finally, like, bring her out to the, the room we were in, and we're just chatting. She's, like, basically high. I'm basically, like, talking to her mom, like, talking to you guys. Like, everything's cool. Like, because I'm actually thinking it's okay. Like, I'm not in the know that something's actually wrong. Right. Um, just thinking, like, okay, like, he just came out. Like, obviously. I'm just going to take him a minute yeah, to like, get you his know, bearings like, and. I don't yeah. know. I've seen doctor shows. Spank him a bit. I don't know what you do. Like, I don't know. So. Yeah, I'm like, it's all cool, like, everything's all good, and they're like, okay, well, we're still not getting his levels, like, something's not right, and they asked me, they're like, um, what hospital close to your home would you like us to send him to? And I had no idea how to answer that question, like, that was like, 
a foreign question to me. I was like, what do you mean? Because at that point in time, that's not you were not expecting that particular question. They didn't question. have like an ICU nursery yeah. that would like take care of the very complicated thing that this would turn out to be. So they wanted to send him somewhere that was more suitable and more likely to handle the situation. And, um, yeah, so super helicopter flies here within the hour. And they're like, yo, we're going to take your baby to Levine's. And I had only been to Levine's hospital one time. And I was on the main side. Right. Uh, my friend had gotten a terrible wreck. He was on a motorcycle and... A man in a car hit him um, and almost ruined his whole life. Like, he broke a lot of bones. He was really messed up. And um, so that was the only time that I've ever been to this hospital. So I'm like, dang, you're about to send my kid there? Like, even if it's the kid's side, I'm like, I assume this is, like, dead serious right, right. now. Like, <clears throat> So, uh, the hospital people get there off the helicopter, and they've got my son in, like, what looks like a box. Like, he's in, like, an incubator box or something. Like, just absolutely crazy. Like, the things you actually see on TV, like, with the fake gloves. Like, you know, you're, like, reaching yeah. it, and you can't touch them, but, like... And now stuff you've seen on TV, you're actually seeing... Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is Pertaining nuts. to your son. I'm, like, signing papers right now. You're about to, like take my kid on a helicopter i've never been on a helicopter so i was like jealous again um <laughs> but really though they like flew him out on a helicopter and i'm like okay like now i have a choice because my lady's like in here like chopped in half um can't even move and my son is like on a helicopter flying somewhere else and they're like yeah we're gonna call you as soon as we land no one calls you when they land they don't call you when they land that's a lie i'm sorry to say that they're liars but like that was just a lie like that part i needed someone to call me when they landed like i've never been in a helicopter i don't know anything about helicopters i just needed someone to call me so right. i'm calling the hospital at this point and my lady's like she said like, you you should just go there and be with the baby like i'll be okay and i'm like <clears throat> like this is like a really hard decision to make like in my head and in my heart i'm like i don't know where to be at like, any point in time did the thought cross your mind or were you afraid of losing her yeah like the whole time i was thinking like i just didn't want anything bad to happen to them both because like i've never seen her in that kind of pain and right. this is like a young woman who has tattoos on her neck like high threshold of pain yeah i'm like i've never seen her like this and like she's leaking blood all kinds of things and then i'm they're showing me the baby's heart rate which is like the scariest thing you can see is the truth you know like i can like physically see the truth the numbers are like right there right and that is what probably scared me and traumatized me even more it's like we're looking at what's happening like his heart rate's dropping i'm like okay like it felt like i could possibly lose them both like in a in a, a gust of wind almost but yeah. i think <clears throat> what happens with you saying this is kind of reminding me of something because it's something that happens all the time childbirth i think a lot of people don't really understand the danger in it the danger in childbirth the danger in actually pushing a new life 
through another life form into this world and That's how scary. much can go wrong with it is i mean because of course we make it seem like it's mundane like it because ha- it happens all the time it's a miracle it yeah is. but it, at the end of the day it truly is a miracle yeah like it's the most magical thing i've ever been a part of even though it was like a c-section and things like that it's like you don't get discredited because you had a C-section. Like, that's not how pregnancy and, like, life-giving works. There's, like, you don't get an A++ because you delivered in some water. You get an A++ because the baby's here, period. Right. Like, that's how I see it. So, um, yeah, she's like, you should just go be with the baby. So I, like, hop in the car. I'm zooming out the parking lot have no idea where I'm even at because, like, now the lights come up. So I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I can actually see this place, and I don't know where I am. So I'm, like, GPS in at the stop sign before I turn out of the hospital. And just as I'm turning out, I see my lady's mom turn into the hospital, like, who was not supposed to be there, actually. Like, they weren't even going to let her up. But I, like, actually asked the people before I came. I was like, her mom might come. I'm unsure. Can you please just let her up? Like, I'm about to leave and go be with the baby. They were like, we really shouldn't right now because of COVID and all that jazz. Like, just having different people in and out of the room and all that kind of stuff. Especially because she's such a high risk with being pregnant. Right. But I was, like, kind of grateful to see her mom. I was like, whew. Like, I can't be there. I needed someone. Somebody there with her. Yeah. So here I go speeding down the highway to Levine's hospital. And I get here and I, like, instantly remember, like, oh, wow, this is where my friend was in the hospital. Okay. So, like, I go park. I run in. I go upstairs. Um, Obviously, they did the whole check your temperature thing. Like, yada, yada, yada. The whole COVID. And I get up to, like, I think the eighth floor of Levine's and I walk in and this nurse lady's like talking so sweet to me like oh my god you're the dad we're so happy you're here and I see like I kid you not at least nine doctors around my baby now there's other babies in this room but there's like one to one like that that was the ratio it was like nine doctors around mine like when you saw that how did you feel when your initial impression when you walked in a room and saw that many doctors and and medical people around your newborn baby how did that make you feel (laughs) it it made me feel uh, I really don't have a word for that particular moment because like it's not even like they pointed him out to me I just knew like I was like oh that's my kid just by the way they ushered me into the room I just I knew that I belong to this situation, you know, so I sat down and um, the head doctor was already on the phone with my like sedated woman, and he was like telling her like, yeah, you need to get here. This is like a super serious situation. We don't know if the baby's gonna make it. Like nothing. Like they were just like, we don't know what's wrong. Like he's just not getting oxygen. Like. We don't know what's wrong. We need to get here. And she's obviously can't feel her legs at a hospital that's like an hour away. So I'm literally sitting there talking to all these doctors. Every single doctor has come up to me now and like talked to me. And at this point, it's like 
it's like I'm cramming last minute for a test that I didn't know I was about to take. They're right. giving me information overload, and I'm just in shock because the problem that they're telling me he's having is like in his heart. It's like nothing that we did, nothing that anyone can control. It's just sometimes arteries in the heart are switched, and because these two arteries are switched, the oxygen wasn't being able to flow to the rest of his body correctly so that he could breathe the way that he needed to. Like, that is what was happening, but you can't see that on an x-ray. You must see that on some super crazy, something past an x-ray. I really have no idea because they have to be able to see such small things such as the arteries. Right. So, yeah, that was... So, at this point, you're... What about... 24, 36 hours, no sleep. Yeah. You had to leave your lady, as you say, who was cut in half. Yeah. Doped up and cut in half. And then travel an hour and some change, driving on no sleep, to get to a hospital to be told that we don't even know if your son's going to make it. Yep. So that's that's all you're dealing with within this 24, 36-hour time frame. Yeah, and then... Wow. um. I'm literally, like, this is the first moment I actually fell asleep. So the doctors talked to me for, like, the next hour or so. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, like, literally staring at these people, staring at my son. And next thing I know, I wake up, like, 30 minutes later, and the lady's like, you can go sit in this, like, lounge room. It's right next to this room right here. Like, it's not very far. And I was, like, disoriented. Like, didn't even know I was sleeping. So I was like, yeah, I guess. Um, so then I go in there and I kind of like nap for like 20 minutes and then I start getting phone calls from like my lady and she's like, yeah, they're going to bring me there, uh, in an ambulance. And I was like, what? No helicopter. Um, (laughs) and, uh, so they bring her in the ambulance and they get her a room at Levine's. Well, the other side of the hospital, the main part. Right. So now they're both at this hospital. It's just they're on two separate parts now. So that was like, okay. She won't be able to see the baby because she can't walk or do anything right now. And it's like I can take the baby over to her or anything because they don't even know what's really going on like to the fullest, to the fullest extent, really. So, all right, she gets there. Um... And then the big doctor comes in there and he talks to me and he's like, look, this is what's happening. Your son's got switched arteries in his heart. We're going to have to go into his heart and poke a hole, put a balloon in that hole and expand the balloon in his heart so that we can create a big enough hole for oxygen to get through now through a tube. I'm like, okay. And then they're like, tomorrow... We're going to go back in, close said hole from the balloon, and then switch the arteries. And at this point, he's not even 24 hours old yet at this point, Nothing. Right? Yeah, nothing. not even a day old. Nothing. This is what they're telling me. They're like, all right, you must sign these papers today, like right now, if you want this to happen. I mean, I'm... I'm signing whatever they put in front of me. They could have signed my soul away at that moment. I wouldn't have even known, really. Like, I'm just like, yeah, fix them up, bro. Like, I don't, I want to take a nap, 
fix him up. She's over there worried. I know she is. Like, whatever we got to do. So they're like, <clears throat> tomorrow we'll do the procedure. And then if that goes well, depending on how he does with the breathing tube and such things, that's when they'll know whether or not they can actually do the full-on heart surgery for him. If he didn't do well, they would have did the heart surgery immediately. Right. <clears throat> but if he did well with the tube and then the first procedure of the balloon, then they would wait a day and a half to two days to do it just to give his body time to uh, heal up a bit from the first part of what they would have to do to get him right. So I'm like, okay. Like, just do whatever, because at this point, I don't have, like, anything else but this to lose, you know? So, like, if I do nothing, that's, I've now lost the game. Like, I will lose my kid. Right. Um, so, I'm like, yeah, just do whatever. So, so, haven't, so, very quickly in a very short time frame, it went from the joy of seeing my son being born. Incredible. Like, got a whole video of it. Like To now I'm having to make decisions on whether or not my son lives or dies. Basically. And I've got my lady's family calling me. I've got my family calling. Everyone's, like, excited. Obviously, everyone, I'm telling them the truth. Like, look, we're going through a situation right now. Like, I don't even know how to explain this to anyone. Like, he's just not right. Like, so I'm having to, like, say these things to other people and I don't even know what I'm saying right. really so yeah so he gets up to um yeah my lady gets there and I immediately go to the other side of the hospital gotta go through the whole COVID thing again luckily there was a super nice police officer dude there who like let me slip through one of the other doors I probably shouldn't have said that I won't say his name. Shout out to you, Roger. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not his name. <laughs> uh, but he let me through one of the doors just so I could, like, go take care of business. And just to tell you about this story, we were at the hospital for 22 days. Like, I stayed at the hospital for 22 days. Like, so everybody knows me there now. Like, I could go in there and, like, buy people lunch and, like, high five and, like, talk about our month together. Um, so, Yeah. So, now, which is crazy when you think of that, that, so your son's first 21 days on this earth was spent in a hospital, mm -hmm. and you spent your son's first 21 days in a hospital, yeah. so how, as far as, for you, how did that do for you? What, what kind of mindset were you in? What kind of thoughts were going through your head during these 21 days? It was really weird. Like, I, I probably got the less the least amount of sleep that I've like ever gotten in a month because COVID hit so the work office closed and I'm trying to work from home but we're having the baby so like I work like what did I work like you were th three, three, three to, to twelve yeah three, three to twelve <laughs> three to twelve every day like so um yeah, those are really odd hours. So, like, I was, like, getting no sleep. And then, obviously, the baby came at 1 in the morning, 3 in the morning. Like, those really odd times. So, imagine, like, there's, like, there's no sleeping happening right now for me. Like, like nothing is sleep. So, I'm even working from the hospital. Like, that's what was happening. I'm working from the hospital while trying to, like, 
I won't say that I was taking care of these two people, but all the nurses knew me. I was with my son. I was, like, with my lady at the hospital, had my laptop, working. At the same time, I also work at, like, a recording studio. So I was, like, running back and forth to work there as I could, which is, like, really, really tough. Um, so, yeah, there was no no sleep happening. And um, luckily they had, like, sleep rooms at the hospital. So because I was there for so long, they like gave me a sleep room, which I is basically like a hotel room without a TV. Right. Which was like I didn't need a TV. I just needed like you just needed a place to lay your head for a little bit. Just go in there for yeah. like at least a couple hours. I would just go in there for like three hours and then go back and sit in the room with the baby, or go back to the other side of the hotel. I said the hotel. That's what it felt like when you're there for 21 days. <laughs> That's it feels what like a hotel. It felt like the other side of the hospital to uh, be with my lady and. It was um, mostly just tiring, right? Like just emotionally tiring, mentally tiring. I'm like dealing with two sets of different kinds of information. Like, okay, your son has this all going on, and then I'm going over to check on her, and it's like the nurses are telling me like, okay, this is what she needs to be doing. She doesn't need to be really getting up, eating, yada yada yada, taking her pills, her medicine. Of course, everyone's there to help, but like. But still, the I'm like the, the only, weight is on you. Yeah, I'm like the only person who can actually be there. They're not. They're not letting family in. Right. Like I can't take a break and like let her mom come up, or a sister come see her, or anything. Like it's just me. And um, I think that was the part that was just kind of weighing on me, and because I was like, man, like if I ever told someone I was like really tired, it would just feel like complaining to me and. I, I didn't feel like I had, like, the right to be tired in that moment. Like, she just carried my kid for, like, nine months. She's, like, beat up and exhausted right now, like, trying to heal. And I am, I'm perfectly fine, essentially, you know. And so I I didn't really have time to even, like, really think about it. So it so. was, that's, that was that zombie thing that I was saying. Like, I didn't even have those. You were just going on adrenaline yeah, at that just point. Just going. Yeah. I would go home to, like, take a shower also, totally forgot, moved into a new apartment that same week and was, like, moving my stuff in. Like, yeah, I didn't. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. So we went through. So you went through. So eventually they they had the procedure. Yeah, they did the first part, which was successful. And then he they actually. two days on that Friday. Did um, full open heart surgery. Yep. On an infant. Yep. So he went through that, came out like a champ because the one thing you did was you brought a warrior into this world. You, yeah. you and your lady brought a warrior into this world. Yeah, our son's different. He yeah, he built different. He um. Before he even had the heart surgery, they were worried. Like the main heart surgery, they were worried about his breathing. And the night of, he pulled his breathing tubes out. Like I'm, I'm gonna show y'all what I can do, and was breathing perfectly fine on his own, like before the actual heart surgery, right? Like, which was insane. Like that was crazy. Like they were like really shocked. They're like, we've never seen that. Like, <laughs> they didn't know, know what kid they had. That's what what it is. Yeah, he just wanted them to know like it's gonna be cool when you guys do the heart surgery. Like, I'll be okay. Just do your best work, and he'll do the rest. And so, yeah, the heart surgery was just fine. So, he came through that. So, he came through the heart surgery. So, we're going to fast forward a little bit. So, now you get the word. 
that he's breathing on his own, mm-hmm. his heart is well, he can now go home. So now you bring him home. Walk me through that experience. It was probably <clears throat> like the longest day. That was probably like the longest day, actually. Because um, the day before he came home was Mother's Day. And, um, yeah. So we spent Mother's Day in the hospital. And then he came home the next day. <clears throat> and I was like still moving into the apartment. I was trying to get things situated and um it was really really exciting and like super scary actually cuz now the whole I mean you had already been a father. So the moment he came into the world you became a father, but now you actually have him now. Mm-hmm. You actually have him with no one in the way, no doctors, no nurses, no tubes, no yeah. nothing. It's just you and him. But I'm also traumatized, like, to be frank, I'm traumatized by the truth of what happened is because right. every single day for 22 days, I got to hear a machine beep, like, I got to see numbers fluctuate, and now we were, like, taking off these things that we were accustomed to seeing, I was accustomed to seeing when his heart rate would go up for absolutely no reason at all, Right. to now we're, like, <clears throat> first parents and we're guessing like is he breathing okay like when did it when did it first hit you when did it like really sink in that oh snap I'm really a father and I really gotta raise a kid now um probably like after the first week of being there the first week was 70 diapers <laughs> 70 diapers the first week was 70 diapers 70 diapers counted them like <laughs> seven and we and we have a really nice diaper pail right it's an incredible one 70 diapers like yeah i was like oh okay like yeah so i so i got a question for you so with because i'm curious and we <clears throat> excuse me we've kind of had this conversation off air but i just want to have it real quick so with everything that he's been through, so but of course he's a warrior. He came out strong. He's yeah. good. He's perfect little baby now, which is which is just amazing. And but the elephant in the room is that you have now been blessed with a black male son. Yeah. So with what you've been seeing with everything that's going on with the revolution, basically that's going on right now, how does that make you feel? Where do you where do you put that? Because now you have a, a black, you're not only a, a black male that walks around this earth. For sure. But now you have a, a black male son <clears throat> that you raise in in this world. Where are you with that? Uh, that's like the number two concern. Like I would say, like the first concern and this is going to sound like really trivial, I feel, but like it's making sure my son can run full speed. Like I know that sounds odd, but like because he had that heart surgery and they like assured me like okay, like once we do this heart surgery, there's no other surgery that that needs to happen. Right. He's a perfectly well human. He's just going to have a scar forever. And I just want to see him run. 
to truly know that he's really okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get and, you. I get you. And then I fear for him being a black man. And this is going to be a really bad joke, but if he couldn't run from the cops, I'd be even more worried. No, like, that's Unfortunately, that's understandable. <laughs> that's it's not a really a bad joke. It's understandable. Like, if he couldn't do it, I'd be like, well... Stay out of trouble, kid. Like I don't, I don't know. Like, I, so at least you could run. But if you couldn't run, like, I don't know. Right. But that's my second fear. Is like, oh, you, you're black, and not just black. Like he's good looking. Like he's a beautiful. He's a beautiful little boy. I'm not just saying that because he's mine. I'm like, this is a good looking kid. Yeah, like, he's beautiful. Like that part worries me too. Because then it's like, there's already like a stigma for like black men. I mean, I might look a little scary, but he's not going to look scary. So maybe he's going to look like he's a pushover. I just don't know what it is for other right. people. You know, I don't know what, what triggers other people. Um, but yeah, I, I worry about it because <laughs> it's like so prevalent. Like, dang, I hate that this is even like a relevant conversation we could have after like. Yeah, like four hundred and two years, yeah. but um, so. it's just it's scary. So here's my question for you, because I know, I know there's a lot that you plan on. I didn't mean to hit that. I know there's a lot that you plan on teaching this young man, um, a lot that you plan on instilling in him. But I'm curious if sum it up in one thing. So what's the what's the one thing that you're gonna want to be able that your son be able to look back and say, my dad taught me this. What's that one thing? Uh, probably just like integrity. It's just like for himself, like the way he wants to carry himself in life. Like you be right for you. <clears throat> you be honest. You be responsible. Um, be responsive and not reactive. Um, I think those are all qualities of a man who carries himself with great integrity. Right. And, um, you know, respectful. Um, I think those are all things that fit, like, right into that kind of quality of a man that I believe he's going to be. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, just that. And then also, like, to never take anything from anyone not necessarily like a gift or something but like i know what you mean you know like uh handle your own that's that's a stand up for what you believe in like and then also believe in yourself so make sure you're standing up for you and i love it so i want to before we close out i want to thank you um for sitting down and having this conversation i know it takes a lot i know it takes a lot for you to do this um, I know it takes a lot for you to actually have this particular conversation because it's not an easy conversation to have. No, I actually haven't even like told my friends that my kid had heart surgery. Like most people don't even know. Right. I feel like it wasn't like a talking point for me to like be sharing with people. Like I would, I wouldn't mind sharing it. It's just I don't want him to be looked at like he's some kind of different kid. Like there's nothing wrong with him. That's like that's how I see it, you right. know. So like, there's nothing to talk about. So it's it's two things we're gonna do real quick. So, a the first thing I want you to do is because 
the possibility of another parent listening to this is going through something very similar is, is very high. So I want you to give a small piece of advice to a parent that's gone through a similar situation that you went through with your son. That's the first thing. And then the second thing, I want you to spend a little bit of time talking about your music and where it can be found and anybody who wants to listen to it, where can they go? So let's start with the first, let's start with the advice. Sure. Um, just two pieces of advice, like super simple. Uh, the first one was like what I previously have spoken on earlier in the podcast at the beginning, which is just breathing, like really understated. Um, and then the second part would be it's kind of coupled with that, but just enjoy the windows and step outside. Um Outside is really good. Like, I just can't explain what it was like to just kind of sit in the hospital all day and just walk outside. And then when you, like, cross over the threshold, like, new sounds. There's, like, fresh air. There's people talking. There's people moving. There's things walking. It's not saying to distract yourself, but I am saying to have a moment for you for sure. You don't have to stray far, but definitely take a moment to just breathe and enjoy the scenes because you're there. And I had to look out the window a lot while I was there. Not because I didn't want to see my son with all these tubes and things inside of him because it was more than I've ever seen on anyone. Um, but I just had to take in those moments that, like, he was okay and I was okay and she was okay. And we were actually all there together. And the people that were there were there to help us. And <clears throat> the worst thing that I could have possibly done in those moments was overreact. Right. Um, yeah. So just take those moments to breathe and really enjoy the windows, the outside, the, the world around you. Don't get so caught up in the emotional battle you're going through because... It's happening. It's just it's it's happening. There's no way to escape that part. There's nothing that's really going to distract you from how you actually feel. But having those moments to go within yourself and just relax. I actually really like that advice, especially the the windows, because that can be taken one of two different ways. Literally, as far as looking out the window, mm-hmm. but then also metaphorically, where even in the chaos, there's going to be a, a pocket of a window where it's going to calm down for a moment and. And you're going to see your baby smile or you're going to see your loved one laugh in in those moments. Mm -hmm. Enjoy that window. So I I love it. Now, like I said, before we wrap up. So and for anyone who says, no, I've never heard his music. Yeah. If you've ever listened to a Crenshaw Corner podcast, if you've ever listened to a midweek moment, you've heard his music because the intro and the outro that we use was a song that was created by him, by my son. He actually did the music. So just kind of really quick. If you had to describe your music, how would you describe it? Uh, dang, that's like the elevator question. Like, <laughs> yeah, it I, is. I hate that. I hate that I'm not good. I don't hate the question. I hate right. that I'm not good at answering that question because I have like 101 things in my head. All right, I would say it's like hip-hop, soul. Um, yeah. 
Hip hop soul. Hip hop soul. Yeah, All that's right. basically where I live. So, if anyone wants to go out and sample your music or listen to your music, where can they find it? Everywhere. Um, <laughs> really broad brush of the, you know, the strokes right there. Um, yeah, everywhere. Spotify, tidal, Apple Music, Google Play, Pandora, Napster, um, YouTube, YouTube Music. And what do you go by? What's your artist name? Yeah, Day Brown, D A Y, the color brown. Um, I'm first. All right, here, go check out my video, Vibrant, V I V R A N T. It's on YouTube, Vibrant by Day Brown. It's like an ode to the old hip hop song, Vibrant thing by Q Tip. It's like a classic record. Check it out. You love the video. It's a love song. I wrote about my lady. It's beautiful. Um, I think it's beautiful. Don't really care what anyone else thinks about that part. <laughs> but really, the video um, is probably my best work yet. It's actually my first directorial debut. I directed the entire video. Um, yeah, check out Vibrant by Day Brown. It's also on all platforms. You can check it out anywhere. And then once you find that, you'll find the rest of the music, and you'll find yourself liking some stuff for sure. Yeah. I told you when I opened the podcast, I told you how talented he is. Um, I'm not just saying that because he is my son. Um, I'm if one thing, one thing my son knows about me that I'm gonna tell him the truth. So if he sucks in something, I'm gonna tell him he sucks. Yeah. Um, but no, he's very talented when it comes to his music. Like I said, he's he's a writer. Um, he produces. He creates music, and that's the thing. My son is an artist. Um, he's not just a rapper. He's not just a singer. He is a true artist. He creates. Yeah. So if you're interested. He's told you how to go see it or go listen to it. Um, but from the bottom of my heart, son, I do want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk with me and thank you. and open up and be vulnerable. Like I said, I know it wasn't easy, and I thank you. And family, uh, thank you guys for sitting down and listening to this conversation. Um, hopefully you gleaned something from it, understanding that. Um, and the purpose of this particular conversation was to show that it really doesn't matter the age that you are. Um, we all go through something in life. But it's, it's not the fact that we go through something, but it's how you go through it. It's your perspective as you go through it. Um, like Dave said, finding the windows, because I don't care how chaotic life may be, there's always going to be a window. And just find your window. So we thank you for being a part of this, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, we consider ourselves an interactive podcast. You can find us on the socials. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, all under Crenshaw Corner. Um, you, we have an email address, thecrenshawcorner at gmail.com. Once again, thecrenshawcorner at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio. You can also find us on our personal website at www.thecrenshawcorner.com. And family, welcome to our journey. Welcome to our journey.